0: Hey there, enjoying SBO Perspectives? Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to SBO Perspectives, the pulse of school business in the official podcast of ASBO International. This is the official podcast of ASBO sure International when you hear today's episode. <laughs> but I'm Dr. Jack Car Mitchell here along with the esteemed- John Braccato. That's right, JB, let them know who we have today.
1: Yeah, uh, we are really leaning into the international piece of the Asbury International <laughs> <laughs> moniker today.
0: It's dirty uh, out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's Wednesday out here. <laughs>
0: right.
1: Today we have Peter Thompson on. Peter's the business manager at the Freyberg High School. Uh, not in the U.S. actually, out all the way in New Zealand. So we mm-hmm. had to really kind of flex our schedules here to make it work. But uh, th- these are the kind of interviews that we really get excited about because... This is a totally different lens on the work that we're doing as school business officials. And, you know, we talk throughout this interview and I think it's kind of a common thread throughout a lot of the interviews we've had is that we're all dealing with very similar challenges, but how we're approaching them, we learn so much from each other. What different creative things to, to approach these things with the different restrictions from government and funding mechanisms. It's just incredibly fascinating. And, Today is is no different. I mean, we learned so much about how the education system is set up in New Zealand and and what Peter and his colleagues are doing to best serve children. So we're really excited to bring in this conversation Each. today. And here's our interview with Peter Thompson. Today on the podcast, we have Peter Thompson. Peter is the business manager at the Freiburg High School located in
0: New Zealand. Peter, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have Peter.
2: you. Peter. Uh ah, Kira, and thank you for your kind invitation.
0: And and I guess should I say good morning to you? Because it is eight o'clock over there, while well, it's it's four p.m. here. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the other side right. of the world. Yeah. I tell you, can you believe it's sixteen hours away? And uh, for listeners out there, this is true. We're talking to a business official in New Zealand, and one that uh, is highly regarded as well. So we really appreciate your time, Peter, for coming on uh, and taking this. You're giving us the opportunity, I should say, to speak to you. Um, and so, like, uh, man, if you see my face, you see I'm smiling. I'm so giddy. I just get like this all the time when I meet someone new. And um, we're about to really have this conversation on the podcast. So um, we do begin with just introducing yourselves, that kind of thing. Um, but what I do want to mention this, um, because we were talking behind the scenes before we started, and how it's your winner there now um, and things like that. You know, it's so different, uh, you being at Western Corner, uh, if you will. Um so we've heard about i guess this abundant sheep population out there. I guess it's greater than even the population um of folks in 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 uh, New Zealand and you know all those famed hiking trails and and all about the food and wine, it's so great out there. Um let's just even start off with like just for our listeners, what's it like, you know, in in New Zealand? Um and then maybe you can tell me about, you know, your background, your personal experience in school business, but I want to know what Tell me, what's New Zealand like? Sure.
2: We, you're right about the
0: sheep. At the moment, <laughs> it's about
2: five sheep per person. Um, although wow. uh, although in the uh, in the early 80s it was about it was over 20 sheep per person. So wow. yeah. what happens
0: uh, now and then? They, yeah, they yeah. It,
2: oh, it, I have moved from the sheep into the dairy, etc. And and um, <laughs> I know, but we still have we've got 25 million sheep, five million people at the moment. <sighs> wow
0: so, um, 25 million sheep. Yeah, that's a lot of good food too.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, exactly. But look, yeah, no no, New Zealand's—it's it's a uh, to me—it's a really easy place to live. Um, with uh, stunning scenery, um, and and yes. with every sort of kind of natural landscape, you know, it's whether it's beaches, lakes, or rainforests or glaciers, etc., and and everything's really close. So we're very lucky. Um, just for example, I live in um, a city called Palmerston North. It's an inland city, about ninety thousand people. Uh, but okay. I'm still, I'm only twenty minutes from the near, drive from the nearest beach. Um, I'm Ooh. about forty minutes drive from uh, suitable lakes or rivers to go skiing because I'm quite a keen water skier and uh, to go snow skiing. I'm two hours from the, the nearest mountain to, to you know jump in the car and, and go for a, a snow ski. So it's sort of that's, that's great. the That's the yeah, so it's sort of, yeah, it's very close to, to to all these different things. Um, Love it. Yeah, it's pretty, I guess it's uh, by international standards, probably quite a quiet, relaxed place. You know, as I say, it's uh, um, mm-hmm. land mass wise we're similar, we're a bit bigger than the UK. Uh, it's similar yes. to Colorado, but with only five mm-hmm. million, so we're very, very spread out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cultural heritage is is really embraced here, and we're, and we're very proud of that. And, and with without local Māori people, so that's that's very important, very nice. and it's a big factor uh, in schools and and other you know things. Um, so that that's a, a big part. You've obviously you know the. the the haka for the All Blacks playing rugby, you know, that's uh, uh, popular, but it's just, yeah, that the Maori culture is is very important to us and, and it's a big factor in helping our Indigenous people uh, succeed. Um, great local food and coffee, always important. Mm-hmm. Uh, climate can be mixed at times. Some people complain it's, it's a very temperate climate, so it's not okay. too hot or too cold, probably... Um, summertime around the 50 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit, winter is 32 to 40 degrees. Um, becoming a little bit more expensive to live though. We've noticed the old food prices mm. and right. petrol. I was just doing a bit of comparison and um, fuel prices for us at the moment. Diesel is about US uh, US dollars about four dollars eighty eight a gallon, and unleaded okay, petrol yeah. about seven dollars yeah, thirty four, sort of thing uh, a gallon. Yeah, so yeah, the, we're noticing that, and home ownership has always been um, a thing that New Zealanders have always, you know, access to owning your own home has always been there. We probably used okay. to have about seventy five percent, but now we're down to about sixty five percent. So again, getting a um, bit, getting a bit it's tough. Changing. But, Okay. Yeah, but okay. it's still, it's, uh, uh, to me, yeah, it, it's uh, an easy place and, and a nice place to live. That sounds good. Hey, long way there, away from everyone else, uh, of course. Is, is oh, usually. yeah,
0: well, I'm, we're going to make it there one day uh, in person, one of these days. It's a long 22 word plus hours. But hey, I just was curious because, um, you know, I watched, I don't know if folks watch the show, Ted Lasso. I watched it and they have what? like, in New Amsterdam, there's a word called gigazilling. Is there yeah. a special word in New Zealand or something common? that folks don't know about that's kind of like maybe stands out
2: and makes oh. New Zealand special? Gosh. Um, oh, there's
0: probably many, but i probably just
2: got off the top. I'm sorry. Right. Jay. No, that's okay. It's just, but, it
0: just came yeah. to my my thought process, my head right now. You don't have to answer. Yeah. I just was curious because I'm like, the country is like so beautiful. I mean, like yeah. the scenery, there's got to be something that stands out. like. You know, um but if not, you know, you can yeah. always tell us. It's I, you I know, think it's, you know,
2: and the people, you know,
0: very very
2: easygoing and um yeah you know, and relaxed, I think, is uh you know, with that Love with it. that lovely outdoor lifestyle. But,
1: so. Yeah, that sounds great. So so Peter, can you tell us a little bit about your personal background and how you came to be where you are today as business manager?
2: Yep, sure. <laughs> So uh, leaving school, I, I went to uni and, and did a business studies degree, uh, also became a chartered accountant. Um, prior to becoming involved with school business, um, I had probably about 25 years um, experience out there, lots of different industries, uh, working for all sorts of different organisations, you know, for-profit, not-for-profit, et cetera. Um, started originally actually in the sort of sales and marketing side, then moved into the accounting and finance and then latterly in the general management but um, I sort of it wasn't planned to come into the school business side it um, I was working for a property development company at the time and uh, then the uh, and it was very much a high risk high return type business and the GFC struck in 2007 and 8 and that was going to be the end of that so I saw this ad in the paper and I thought oh we'll give this give this a crack and you know, it was about 15 years ago, and, and yeah. I've just loved, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's been it's been really great. A, a really good experience and, um, yeah, a great environment. And
1: yeah. That's wonderful. That's so great to hear. Uh, so our primary audience is based in the continental U.S. Yep. And, you know, our listeners are all pretty familiar with each other's makeup in terms of the educational departments and the federal education department but New Zealand, you have a ministry of education for those who may be unaware or unfamiliar of your ministry of education. Can you kind of just summarize the makeup for us and how that uh, ministry is set up, how the decisions are made um, and, and what are the processes for determining like, teacher pay and just allocation of funds and just, you know, kind of just a primer on, on your ministry of education?
2: Yep, sure. So so basically, the Ministry of Education is the government's lead advisor on New Zealand's education system. Uh, It shapes the direction for education agencies and providers and contributes to the government's goals for education. So it's a a government body in charge of. Um, And the system includes sort of three parts, I guess, the early childhood education, so from birth up to school entry, Then we have primary and secondary. Uh, We start school at five here, five years old, and we have 13 years of schooling. Uh, And then it also covers further education, whether it's university, uh, vocational education, et cetera. So that that body is responsible for all of that. Um, Funding-wise, all our funding comes from the Ministry of Education. So they fund uh, all schools, uh, the operational funding for the day-to-day, the property funding, particularly of a capital type nature, and and you mentioned the teachers, uh, all their salaries are funded directly through the Ministry of Education. Uh, In fact, they've just negotiated there's been, um, through the teacher unions and the Ministry, uh, the teachers have just received a fourteen and a half percent pay increase, actually, which has wow. just come into play. So, yeah, and that's been quite yeah you know, that's been an ongoing exercise. So, uh, we're centrally funded, but lo- we deliver locally, if that makes sense, and, and based on roll numbers. So, it's all on pretty a number of different factors, and it's the socioeconomic economic um, uh, makeup of your students, etc. But it's basically it's uh, the number of students you have times a rate is, is the amount of operational type funding you'll receive, plus the amount of teachers they will fund for you.
1: And do you feel that that model adequately funds your needs as a school?
2: Uh, probably not. We, we'd all love more, but you know, you've know you got sure. to do uh, with what you have. But, but having said that, we do have the opportunity to, to create our own revenue streams as well. Um, whether it's like um, we'll have international students, so that is yeah, can be a revenue earner, um, trading types of activities, whether it's uniforms and stationery,' that um, sure. uh, we'll yeah fundraising, so we're free to do that stuff as well.
1: But the Ministry of Education, is it fair to say that your primary funding source? Oh, hundred
2: percent, yeah oh, totally. okay.
1: And then yeah. you had mentioned with the negotiations that uh, the Ministry of Education funds their salaries. How does it work with negotiations? Are you negotiating with your teachers specifically at Freiburg High School or where does how does the Ministry of Education come in and kind of do they set how much you can negotiate? What does that
2: process look like? Sure. that's all done uh, centrally, if you like. so it's it's the gov- Ministry of Education directly dealing with, uh, the teacher unions got it. Okay, and and then they will fund um, all schools, so there's no chance for individual. Uh, and they'll and and a teacher, you know, they've been there so many years, are on on a certain level of pay, no matter whether they are in a big city, a small city. That's the rate of pay for everybody.
1: So no matter where you go, you can anticipate the same kind yep, of. Yes, they'll know
2: exactly what they're going to get, and then for Let's those with sort of like um, a bit of extra leadership responsibility, a head of department, or they might be in charge of a um, a head of house type of thing, they, or a deputy principal, they'll get what they call management units on top. And they get a number of those, each worth about 5,000 New Zealand, on top of their base rate, which is the same for everybody. So does that kind of
1: level the playing field between different schools and maybe help with retention of teachers since they know that no matter where they go, they're going to be getting something similar?
2: Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, But it also makes the, uh, I guess, in in the biggest cities like Auckland's our biggest city, you know, about 30% of our population reside in in Auckland, uh, Mm -hmm. higher cost of living, but they'll get the same salary as someone in a smaller regional centre. So it's sort of pros and cons, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Peter, uh, yeah, I was doing some reading and I uh, just want to try to tie it in and get a better understanding of maybe how this plays all together with the Ministry of Education. Um, but could you maybe elaborate on what the crown entities are? Because as I was looking, you know, to see when policies and services are being determined, you know, you mentioned, you know, the central thing. But do you have any say or the staff or the parents in any respect Um And I guess, do the Crown Entities play into that? I'm not sure.
2: Yep. Um, Yes, so so a Crown Entity is basically an organisation that forms part of the New Zealand state sector. It's established under a a Crown Entities Act. Um, And it's basically a corporate-type model which separates governance from from management. So a school board actually is a Crown Entity. And, And in New Zealand, we've got... 2,500 schools um, serving about 815,000 students. But those 2,500 schools means there's 2,500 school boards. So one per school. Again, pros and cons uh, with that, but they are required, that school board is required to consult with its community, uh, with its staff, with its students, where appropriate, and with its parents over its policies, its strategic direction, um, it. and yeah, and, and on the board you'll have mm-hmm. they're elected every three years to a board, and they'll be made up of parent representatives, so yeah, parents of the students. There'll be there'll be a staff member on the board, the principal, and in a high school there'll be a student on the board as well.
0: Oh, so different. you've got
2: all that, and that's all. Yeah, you know, that's all. Must you must have that. Um, but That's very great. much, there is a lot of consultation, you know, with, with that community, individual, locally, if you like.
1: Does the size of the board vary with the size of the school or are they all the same?
2: Uh, yes, it can. Yeah, and, and it does. Um, I'm at a school with roughly 11 to 1,200 students and we have six parent reps one staff, one student, and the principal where you, you've got to have a minimum. I think it's about four or five parent reps is the minimum. You can um, uh, um, get other people, you know, further people to join, but that's the elected, you know, that's the right. elected, and which everyone has to do. Yeah, ah, Very interesting. Hmm.
1: So, so can you tell us a little bit about what your school year looks like and does that align or differ from your fiscal year? And, um What types of schools and the costs associated with them kind of fit into that whole piece of your your fiscal planning?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, our school year is a calendar year, so January to December. Uh, And that is the same as our fiscal year. So schools have a January to December fiscal year. Um, We start in beginning of February, uh, because it is the summertime. So we start at the beginning of February, then we run four, terms of 10 weeks and between each of those terms there's a two week break and then at the end there's a six week break over the Christmas New Year period so that's sort of how the school year uh, is
0: structured.
2: Yeah Um, we've got the different types probably 80 probably about 83% is what we call state schools, a public type school, you know, free to go to anyone. Um, another 13% is what we'd call a state integrated. So it's basically a state school but has a special character. For example, maybe a religious um, side to it, maybe it's a Catholic school. And that leaves only four percent are private schools. So it's very much a very much a state, a state um, yeah, school system.
1: And for you as a school business manager, what does the process look like for building a budget? Because everything is so centralized with the ministry of education. Do they give you numbers ahead of time so you can plan for your operational year or what, what does that look like for you? Cause I know for, for Jack and I in New York state in the U S our governor comes out with a preliminary budget in January and should have an adopted budget with our legislation in April because April. our fiscal year is July one to June 30th. So we at least yeah. know a few months ahead of time, what mm-hmm. our revenues are going to be. What how does that translate to you in the Ministry of Education?
2: Sure. So they will um, yes, they will indicate what the rate per pupil is, if you if you like. Um, we'll then estimate, you know, it's up to us to we'll estimate what we believe our student role will be. So we can get a pretty good feel for that. Um, and it's very much an individual thing. So we will be estimating what we believe our revenue stream from the government will be. Uh, we may have site, you know, separate revenue streams that we're doing, which we'll, we'll build, but it's very much, we'll build it just for that school. Because here uh, you have, particularly in a secondary school where you'll have a business manager, some of the primary schools won't. Um, but you know, like I'm just at the one school and look after all the, the non-teaching functions here. So we only deal with with the one the one entity per se so all the budgets they're all different um and are signed off have to be approved by our board um and then flow into the system
0: uh, so so peter um just kind of maybe switching up uh slightly just kind of want to see maybe um what challenges are out there uh you know we all have challenges um the states here might have different challenges and you may have some uh, they could be similar as well, and so we're just having conversations about this. We get we gain these perspectives, right? And we're able maybe to understand things a little bit better and see the common differences or similarities. Um, so, if you can maybe um, just briefly enlighten us on it could be anything you know that you that you guys have as a challenge, um, but maybe what are some of the biggest ones you might be facing right now? Okay,
2: sure. I, I think um, post COVID is probably is is quite a big one where. Um, COVID for all of us, obviously, was very, very disruptive and particularly those, I feel, for those senior students who have had you know, several years of disrupted learning. Um, so I think getting back into a good routine post-COVID is, is, is okay. a challenge and I think staff feel that as well. You know, there's a lot of tired people out there, if you sure. like. And, um, so I think yeah. dealing with post-COVID is, is a challenge, but but I feel yeah. that's, that's working through okay. Gotcha,
0: well, not to, not to interrupt you real quick. How long were you guys out for? You know, did you guys, I'm assuming you shut down too, right? Everything was closed.
2: Yeah, yeah, we did um, at, at times. We were, um, you know, there was a flick between we'd be back, at, we'd be in school, and then we'd okay. have to be out for a outbreak.
0: Oh, so it was intimate, yeah. sort of yeah, like. Yeah, so it like was forth. in and out,
2: in and out, if you like. Oh. Um, and, and then when it was out, they'd be learning. Um, digitally, okay. you know, in terms of online yes, learning, online, et remote. Okay. Um so it was just, I think, just the disruption, you know, and then so it getting yeah, it it's getting no back used man. to right back into coming to school every day, etc. Um okay. I think um quality of you know recruiting quality teachers always always mm. a challenge. Yeah um yeah. and support for the vulnerable students is you know we've got a lot of and and like our school's probably a, um, a bit of a snapshot of New Zealand society. For example, we've got a number of, you know, quite a large number of what would our special needs students with very, very okay. high learning needs. We, you know, we run a, a deaf unit, we've got refugee and migrant students, mm-hmm. um, we have a bilingual um, unit, you know, with okay. attention in Māori and, and in English. Um, New Zealand has about 25 teen parent units and we run one of those. So that's, you know, wow. for uh, teen parents. So we've sort of got a bit of a mix of everything and, and you know, a lot of their needs, uh, you know, there is a lot of need out there that we're um, having to to deal with, if you like. And and I think it's more, also more has been put on schools. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's possibly the same in, in, in the US as well where, you know, perhaps some stuff that we would want to have done at home isn't. So, you know, therefore schools are having to do more and more for their students and um, yeah.
1: And so how do you connect with your fellow school business managers or school business officials in New Zealand? Are there any kind of local associations and how does that tie into ASBO International? And for you, how long have you been an ASBO International member and, and kind of what you get the most out of that membership?
2: Yep. Sure. So yeah, we do have a an organisation, uh, ours is called School Business Managers Association, uh, SBM. Mm. Uh, and again, because we're a small country, so we have a national association and about nine smaller regional ones. So nationally, there's an, an annual conference. Uh, and in fact, i was, um, I had the pleasure of having uh, Tom Willembaugh along two hours when he w- he was the current president of ASBO and, and I was the president of the New Zealand one and he came to our our conference in, in uh, 2019, I think it was. Um, oh, great. But, yeah, so we have that, that local. So, and um, the local associations are more for the networking and do a bit of professional development. Um, when I came to, to be the, the national president, I sort of... Um, I um, was sort of looking to see, I came across Karen Starr from Australia actually and and, um, I sort of came into that role by accident too because I really like your system of where you have a vice president, they do one year of that, then they become president then a a, a post president if you like Um, whereas in ours it's not that at all so you might have a president who could be the president for years Um, there's no sort of system there and whereas um, I I yeah, I was, <clears throat> I got involved in the association with the local person and then um, became the vice and then all of a sudden the president left so I was, I was sort of whoops I'm it and I sort it's of, sort of oh, what, what am I right. going to do here <laughs> right. so um, I was sort of quickly okay. reading everything and I came across Karen Starr's name because the government were doing a big um, review of the whole education system at the time, so it was really quite an opportunity to mm-hmm. be involved in that. And uh, I remember getting hold of Karen, and uh, she said, "Peter, she said, join ASBO International." He said, "You gotta, you gotta join this association." And she said, "It's fantastic." Yeah. So, so I did, and, and that was in about 2018. And I went to the Florida conference, and then the following one at Maryland, I went to as well. Um, so, okay. I've, I've yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I. I love getting the daily um, email update, the, the school business. Yeah, the daily, it's interesting, and, right? And, yeah, yeah and, and what's interesting, and, and the scales are different, obviously, we're much smaller, but a lot of the issues that you are facing yourselves, um, mm-hmm. we're facing them too, you know, sort of, and maybe at yeah. a different, uh, different extent, but whether it's, um, you know, um, feeding children in schools, whether it's you know trying to get it, it's them to school, um, etc. Uh, it's very, very similar issues. And in fact, uh, we set up a bit of a group following one of those conferences, and we still connect today. And like Aubrey's on it, um, uh, Karen Star from Australia. We've got you know UK. Uh, several yeah. from the UK, from Asbo, Chavorn. Uh, yeah, we've got yeah about six or seven That's different countries. Connection. We still and, and during COVID, we were regularly having um, sort of our Zoom calls and just finding out how how each country is dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And then we still connect probably every two to three months. You know, we still have our regular calls and yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I love
0: it. Very useful. Yeah. Well, this has been great uh Peter um we, you know we really appreciate uh, again of your time and coming on and and obviously the time zone difference um and so you know as you wind down here with anyone else um we always like to get your word right your piece of advice uh that maybe you know you can offer to our fellow SBO listeners um whether they're in New Zealand or whether in in us UK you name it Sure.
2: thank you and and yeah, it's a tough one, but uh, I think it's, um, for me, I find uh, focusing on what's really important. You know, there's always, there's never enough time to do things. There's so much that are coming at people in our position, you know, emails go ballistic, etc. But And to me, it's it's a bit like that real laser light focus on what's really important. Let the other stuff slide if you like, and then just make sure you're making good progress on those really important issues where you'll be able to add value, you know, and and deliver value for our students. Um, Accountability is another big one. Obviously in our role, we are accountable, but it's driving that whole accountability process, you know, right through the organisation. So, um, people are, you know, right at that lowest level are, are delivering um, and, and I walking the talk basically, you know, it's it's what you do that counts, not what you say. And I think kids are really good judges of that and, and even like being a parent, you know, it's you might tell your child, you know, you shouldn't do this, but then they see you doing exactly what you've just told them not to do. So it's right. very much, you know, hey, you know, we've got to walk the talk and, and um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Very well said. Uh, so,
1: are we are we going to see you in October, Peter? Are you coming to uh, unfortunately International?
2: not this year, but I, oh. I do. But I know I do intend to come back. Um, uh, definitely do want to to come back, and and um, yeah, because I found it. And, I mean, the scale blew me away. Quite honestly, you can be sort of go to one of your conferences, and it was just yeah. masses, you know, masses of people versus yeah, ours. But again, oh. it's on oh, a it's smaller amazing. scale, a similar type of thing, but. Uh, no, and I met some wonderful people.
0: And, and uh, yeah, no, well, really. we hope to see you at a future conference, Peter. Yeah, we uh, want to see you present. I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm envious, number one, of your accent, right? I oh. love the accent. <laughs> <laughs> and then and the lifestyle, again, I'm more jealous of that probably. Uh, New yeah. Zealand is, is the place to be. But uh, yeah, we, we will You'd see be you You're very
2: day. welcome. You're very welcome to come. And look, thank you for the opportunity. It's a real privilege for, for, for me.
1: Absolutely. For Peter, to... well, thank you so much for your time today and especially accommodating the time zone change. We we truly appreciated having you on and learning so much about you and New Zealand.
2: Sure. Very welcome.
1: Thank you again for tuning in to SBO Perspectives. We hope you enjoyed yes. our conversation Thank with you. Peter today. It was really nice to have somebody uh, outside of the continental U.S.
0: Yeah, but think about that. 25 million sheep. Flash sheep. Flash sheep. Yeah. I can see him rolling down a landscape right now. Right? You know, imagine living a shepherd life. He's like a waterfall. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <sheep>. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's awesome. Number one, um, their lifestyle is different. But it's a lot of similarities, like you said earlier, John. Yeah. I mean, we find that... Whether you're here in the States, whether you're, you know, West Coast or East Coast where we are, or, you know, up, you know, or mid-Atlantic, and now way down, uh, low Western Hemisphere, you're talking about New Zealand, 16 hours plus away. Right. It's great, man. Uh, so listeners, I hope you enjoy um, and glean off of uh, as much as you can because uh, I think we, we get so much each week.
1: Yeah, we absolutely do. And this is something, something we love doing and, and bringing new content to you every week. So with that, we'll see you next week.